slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we talk all things New York Islanders and so much to get to uh, as we prepare for game six of tonight of the series tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Islanders with a chance to close out the series at home at the Nassau Coliseum. And this one really should be a special one, to say the least. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week. This week only, because there's a game Wednesday night. It'll be Thursday at 8.30 p.m. to get in on all the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, big game tonight for the New York Islanders taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. We will give you an update on Oliver Wallstrom's situation. We'll talk about some of the things that the Islanders need to work on and break down uh, what we expect here in Game 6. By the way, the Nassau Coliseum sold out for the game, so no tickets available, at least not uh, on the primary market. And uh, big, big game for the Islanders. You really do want to end it at the Coliseum if you could help it. Uh, you don't want to have to go back to Pittsburgh for a seventh game. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a, a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to email us. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show whenever we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during every Islanders game, so uh, make sure you catch that for instant insight and analysis. And always good to uh, interact with more Islander fans during the games as well. All right, tonight the big game, but really a lot to discuss when it comes right down to it. Let's let's talk about this. For the Islanders, Game 5 was a great win. A great win in the sense that they stole the game. And they really were outplayed, especially for the first 48 minutes, really for almost all of regulation, but especially that first 48 minutes of the game. And, you know... When Jordan Eberle tied the game uh, almost halfway through the third period, 40, uh, 8.50 into the third period, the number of attempts at that point in the game, 
56 for Pittsburgh, only 19 for the Islanders. And in the third period, up until that tying goal, the Penguins had nine, uh, nine opportunities, and the Islanders had zero. At the end of the day, while the Islanders were able to steal game five, and that's pivotal, they have to play better hockey in game six if they hope to win either game six or, if necessary, game seven. But you are not going to be able to find a way to win a lot of hockey games playing the way the Islanders played. And, you know, one of the things that the Penguins do so well, and we've talked about it a little bit in the sense of the Penguins' fourth line, which is aggressive and plays a very, you know, almost like the Islanders' fourth line kind of a style. And you're talking about Teddy Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, and Brandon Tanev. Those guys have been very, very effective for the Penguins over the course of this series. And what it's really done is caused the Islanders all kinds of trouble when they're trying to break out of their uh, their own zone. And we saw it throughout Game 5, and it's something that the Islanders have to work on and improve on if they hope to win Game 6. And... You know, I'm talking about Nick Letty, Ryan Pulak, Noah Dobson. Those three in particular have struggled when trying to deal with uh, getting the puck out of their own zone. And, and with the exception of game four, where the Islanders really played their style of hockey for most of the game, they have not gotten the job done here in this series. And, you know... Letty, in particular, has really turned over the puck a lot in this series. And he's had his moments. He's had his moments, but uh, on the positive side. But overall, Letty needs to keep it a little more simple in his own zone. And Pulak, it's a little bit of a surprise that he has struggled in his own zone at times. You know who hasn't? although Game 5 wasn't his best game, Scotty Mayfield, uh, playing better than I think a lot of people expected so far defensively in this series. But that is something the Islanders have to work on. And then the other thing is this, and I know on Twitter during the game, boy, oh boy, did the Islanders have trouble with this. Other than Ilya Sorokin in the first 48 to 50 minutes of this game, where was the urgency? I saw a lot of people, I tweeted that, I saw a lot of other people uh, talking about, you know, w where is the urgency? This is a pivotal playoff game. Series tied 2-2. Winner goes up 3-2, takes control of the tempo of the series, and the Islanders came out flat as a pancake as far as the emotional level that you expect from this team. And you would think, that Barry Trotz, at this point in time, has figured out what he needs to do to at least emotionally have his team ready to start the game on time. 
you cannot expect your goaltender to play as well as Ilya Sorokin did when your team is playing as poorly as the Islanders did in front of them in Game 5 every game. You just can't expect that. And at some point in time, the urgency, the emotional uh, part of this game has got to kick in. Now, having a sellout crowd at the Coliseum certainly is going to help the Islanders going to feed off that energy, much like I think they did in Game 4, and hopefully that will help them. But at the end of the day, you know, the if you can't get up for a playoff game, you're in trouble, and the Islanders need to get up for this one, or they'll be in trouble and heading back to Pittsburgh for a seventh and deciding game. We've got a lot more to discuss. We have an update on Oliver Wallstrom. We'll talk about what might happen with him. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day and more on Game 6, all still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. It's a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. You can share your own experiences on the app. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Now, usually I host uh, the Locker Room Locked On Islanders chat every Wednesday at 8.30, but because there's a game then, I'm moving it to this week only Thursday at 8.30, so make sure you join me. Download the Locker Room app for free on the iOS store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join the NHL group. Follow me at Locked On Islanders to be notified when my group goes live. Again, join me. We'll be going live this week at least, Thursday, 8.30 p.m. on the Locker Room app. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has nine permanent delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors? And look, listen to these great tasting flavors. Cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, coconut almond. Yeah, there's something for everyone. And you know what my favorite flavor is? The salted caramel. It, It is both sweet and salty at the same time. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box with two of each of the nine flavors in them. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Don't know what to get your mom for Mother's Day? Well, most of the moms I know love Built Bar. Send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite for at least a while until you get her the next box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so Travis Zajac, uh, there was an update on Tuesday, but not anything really specific. And look, we knew that. The Islanders are not going to divulge the extent of Oliver Wallstrom's injury Uh at the time that they had their practice uh, yesterday, they said he was being examined now and he remains day to day. So, look, it was a bad situation. His head hit hard into the boards from the impact. He also 
had his right leg caught underneath him and bent at an angle that a human leg is not supposed to be bent at when he skated off the ice and he was being actually helped off the ice. He wasn't putting any weight on that right leg. My hunch is that Wallstrom will not be available for Game 6, and obviously that is something that will hurt the New York Islanders. Wallstrom has played well overall. He has shown that he is certainly equal to the moment when it comes to the playoffs. He has been helpful on the power play. He has never looked overwhelmed. Look, at times he still loses some 50-50 battles along the boards, mainly because he still needs to physically mature a little bit more. But overall, his effort is always there. He back checks well. He's got that heavy shot that the Islanders so badly need in the lineup. And he's a big part of that second power play unit. So if there is no Wallstrom to turn to uh, tonight, what do the Islanders do? Well, Travis Zajac is, according to most people, most likely to be the guy coming in. And the advantage of Zajac, first of all, he can kill penalties. He can play almost anywhere in the lineup. And, you know, he's good on face-offs as well because he is naturally, at least, a center. At the end of the day, Zajac is probably... Barry Trotz's first choice. As we said, he loves to play veterans over inexperienced players, and that is most likely what we're going to see. To me, the other alternative would probably be Michael Dalcol. Dalcol can move over to the left wing. You could put Dalcol on the left side of Pajot, Palmieri on the right, and it, it takes away, it really changes what that third line can do because the offensive component to it is drastically reduced if you substitute Dal Cole for Wallstrom. If you substitute Zajac into the lineup, you have a number of options. You can always move Zajac up to the top line. I personally don't think that's the way to go. I think Uncle Leo has been effective, again, with his own limitations, but I think Uncle Leo has been effective on the top line. And I think that Zajac, because he has been a teammate of Kyle Palmieri so often, would give you a little bit more flexibility on that third line. And you could certainly, you could put Zajac on the second power play unit. He has experience doing something like that. You could put Zajac on the penalty kill. And... You know, he can help you out on face-offs, which is something that, while the Islanders have been very good at all season, they have struggled with at times during this uh, series. So there are advantages uh, if you do that. The alternative uh, other than that is you move Zajac up to the top line. You could put Uncle Leo down on the third line. The reason I'm less thrilled with that, A, I'm not as confident that Zajac can, at this stage in his career, keep up with Barzal and with Eberle as well. And look, we saw him during the regular season in limited opportunities, didn't really get the job done. Uh, so I, I would be less inclined to do that, but the fact that Zajac can play center, left wing, or right wing adds to the flexibility that you have. And I think 
that is probably the way to go. They could go to Kamarov on the on the third line and move Zajac up, but I don't think that is necessarily the way they should do it. Now, one other reason I think they may go with Zajac, and again, this is sort of a, a historical thing, but you know Barry Trotz is going to be aware of it. Zajac has done a good job over the course of his career of limiting the production of one Sidney Crosby. And if I'm the Islanders, you know, shutting down Crosby, the big three, Crosby, Malk, and Latang, you want to shut them down. And I think Zajac certainly would be a better candidate to try to do that than Michael Dalcol. Uh, just, you know, again, giving the Islanders more options when push comes to shove. Now, uh, the Islanders will have that last change again in Game 6. And that gives them a big advantage. One thing we saw in Game 5, the Penguins were very happy to match up the Crosby line against the identity line. They figured that it would be difficult for Zizekas, Martin, and Clutterbuck to keep up with that top line for Pittsburgh and for large pieces of the game it actually was so Crosby Gunsel and Rust they've been an effective trio in this series and again I think Zajac gives the Islanders a better chance to shut them down than some of the other alternatives out there all right we've got more to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast we have our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more still to come a closer look at game six all that and more still coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast Islander fans bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you could track all the action at bet online this week has tons of sports action on the go You've got the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs. You certainly have the Belmont Stakes coming up. And, uh, of course, uh, even the NFL, you have uh, training camp seasons not too far off. You could play some uh, some bets before the season on win totals or, or who's going to win the MVP or whatever else you really want to do. You can get all the news, odds, and info for all your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contact, uh, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Happy 45th birthday, again a day early, to former Islanders center Richard Park. Park, actually born in Seoul, South Korea, uh, not a typical place that a lot of NHL players come from, uh, was drafted in the second round in 1994 by the Pittsburgh Penguins, made his NHL debut with them, then went on to play for the Ducks and the Flyers, and the Wild, briefly, before uh, joining the Islanders, also had a stop in Vancouver one year before becoming an Islander. In 2006-2007, Park joined the Isles, was with them for 
four seasons, then headed back to Pittsburgh for a year before finishing his career in Switzerland in 738 career NHL games. Park had 102 goals, 241 points. He played in 40 playoff games, three goals, nine points there. Park was a, a solid, fundamentally sound player. He was very good defensively, could kill penalties, uh, you know, played well against the other team's better scorers, and then could pitch in the odd goal. We're going to look at one of his better games as an Islander, January 2nd, 2009, in Phoenix. The Islanders taking on the Coyotes. Rick DiPietro was the goalie that night for the New York Islanders, while Michael Telkvist was in goal for the Coyotes. And Victor Tikhanov got Phoenix on the board first. An unassisted goal, a minute 46 in, and it was 1-0 Coyotes. But the Islanders tied it midway through the period. Sean Bergenheim is seventh. Assist to Richard Park and Kyle Laposo, 1-1. But with 10 seconds left in the period, uh, uh, Zabinik uh, McCulloch got his third of the season, and it was 2-1 Coyotes after one. In the second, Shane Doan got the only goal of the period, that made it 3-1 to one Coyotes after 40 minutes, but in the third, well, more bad news at first. Ole Jokinen, the former Islander, his 13th, made it 4-1 to one before Josh Bailey got his first. From Bill Guerin and Jeff Tambellini at 341, that made it 4-2. to two. Joaquin Lindstrom made it 5-2 to two Phoenix at the 13-33 mark, but the Islanders didn't die. Richard Park, his 8th from Doug Waite. And Rick DiPietro at 16:54. Then the Islanders pulled the goalie. Richard Park scored again his ninth from Mark Streit and Doug Wade at 19:32. But the rally ended there. Islanders fell by a score of five to four for Rick DiPietro. 28 saves in a losing effort. But for Richard Park, two goals, one assist, a plus three, and he had. Four shots on goal. Mike Comrie led all Islanders players in the game with seven. So, happy birthday one day early. His 45th birthday to former Islanders center Richard Park. A class act on and off the ice and a very effective hockey player at that. couple of thoughts as we head into uh, game six. This is a huge, huge opportunity for the New York Islanders. This is a situation that they absolutely have to take advantage of. You don't want to go back to Pittsburgh all equal at three games apiece. That gives the Penguins momentum and really puts them in the right state of mind to get you know, their crowd behind them and, and be ready to try to close out the series. You want to take care of business at the Coliseum with the fans behind you and when you have that last change. So let's talk about that and what they have to do. Power play has to continue to be effective. It's so inconsistent. And obviously they have to stay out of the box. And more importantly, the Islanders have to find a way to control center ice. Get out of their own zone on time, transition to the attack, and not let the Penguins have a lot of room 
through the neutral zone where they set up and then they forecheck and they make things difficult for the Islanders. Meanwhile, Jordan Eberle starting to pick up his game. He had a goal uh, in game five, starting to play better. Anthony Bevilier certainly playing better. And Josh Bailey, who continues to be extremely clutch and come up big. But the guy who really has been the most important factor for the Islanders in this series, Ilya Sorokin, he is 3-0 and in this series as a goaltender. And you know that the Islanders are going to be counting on Sorokin to try to uh, end this series in Game 6. Now, you don't want to say this, but this could be the last game in the old barn if the Islanders don't win this series. Let's hope it doesn't come to that because this Islanders team uh, is capable, certainly, of getting the job done. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for us on today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget I'll be live tweeting uh, during the game tonight and our usual Wednesday locker room app Locked On Islanders chat will be moved to Thursday at the usual 8.30 time spot uh, because the game will be going on uh, tonight. So make sure you join us for that. It's always fun to talk to listeners and fans and talk a little Islanders hockey. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy Game 6. If you're lucky enough to be at the Coliseum, savor the moment, root in the team, and of course, let's go Islanders!